Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. But the big thing and how you create and grow a company is is really the, the transition out of that stage. It's the stage when you get to where, hey, you can't make every decision. You can't do everything. Everybody's not going to read your mind and do it exactly like you want it to be done, right? And so that's the point. To me, the fun part is when you start going, oh, wow, he can think about that. And I cannot have to think about that every day or make the decisions right. on it. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech shout out goes to Dave Whelan. Dave, thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the We Are LA Tech community and podcast. Be sure to say hello to Dave on social on LinkedIn, D-A-V-E, last name W-H-E-L-A-N. He is just so cool building Rebel Labs. Rebel Labs is a leading science-based revolution in wellness arena encompassing mind, body, and spirit. They are teaching us how to build a healthy life and providing building blocks of knowledge from food to fitness. And oh my God, are they amazing. Tell me you found them via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. I'm sitting at the beach right now, so if you hear a bunch of background sounds, that's what they're about. Today's personal spot that I'm going to dive into is kind of talking about how like re-examining time. So I want to write every day. It's important to me. Writing has been an important part of my life since I was a little girl. And some days I don't write and then some weeks I don't write and I just get lost. And then all of a sudden it's a year, two years later and I haven't actually done what I wanted to do. And in the past, you know, it's like, well, I'm busy or I have so much going on, but are we really busy? We always have time for what we choose to prioritize. So I was looking at like, you know, the time spent on my phone on YouTube or on Instagram or on Twitter. And then I asked, and I'm like so into YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. Then I asked myself, okay, if I spent the hours that I spent on YouTube, if I took that away and because like, is YouTube actually important to me? Is it actually moving my life forward? No, it's not moving my life forward at all. Like very minimally, right? So my cool getting rid of something that I spent a lot of time on that I don't actually really care about in exchange for something that I do really care about. And so when I looked at it that way, all of a sudden I had time. I just had to shift where I'm applying my time. So I think that's something that I constantly reevaluate is time management. And when I'm saying things like I'm too busy or I can't get to this, it's just really asking like what's actually important to me. Am I prioritizing those things? So I hope that helps you too. And enjoy the next episode. We are LA 
Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing? Ryan, I'm so excited to have your show. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm uh, Ryan Byrne. I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Buzzcast, which is a uh, enterprise-scale, uh, professional-grade virtual event platform. I have a long background and history in the production end of things. I run another company um, called The Buzz Lab, which is another LA-based company for the last uh, 15 years, producing content for a lot of the biggest tech companies in the world, like Oracle, Adobe, eBay, PayPal, those type of people. And so I've been in that space a very long time and was starting to explore some technology on the streaming and, and video interaction side of things uh, when we were working on that when COVID hit. And so a lot of our clients turned to us and basically said, hey, you know, what do we do now? And at the same time, we had this sort of technology on the side. And so we just sort of dove in and started to, you know, spin up a new company called Buzzcast to essentially just solve the problem we were having at first. And that you've been in the LA tech space for 15 years plus, yeah. like, how have you seen LA tech transform? Like, I mean, I've been in the LA tech space for a really long time myself. So yeah. I particularly feel like post pandemic, it's going to be even better than it was before. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on where it was, you know, yeah. 15 years ago versus today? It's funny. I remember, uh, one of our very, very first clients, which is a big LA tech company called, uh, used to be called the Rubicon Project. I believe Rubicon! they changed their names. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally so, old school LA tech. Yeah. Yes. Frank Adante, the, the founder and CEO, is a good friend of mine. He's actually on our advisory board now for Buzzcast, as it happens. But I remember that one of the very first videos we made for them, I think they were our very first client back 15 years ago for the Buzz Lab. And the video we made was kind of making fun of what people from up north thought about people down in Los Angeles and tech and all fake and all that sort of thing. And so that was kind of early days when a lot of that stuff was starting to happen. And now it's just, you see, you know, all these big companies, you see a lot of people just love living down here, uh, you know, love the lifestyle down here. And, you know, it's become a, a proper, huge, you know, important space for tech, which is wonderful. And I know you and I are both in LA, but have you heard anything about the Miami tech scene? And if someone right now is like, okay, I'm thinking about Austin tech, Miami tech, New York tech, you know, Bay Area <laughs> tech or LA tech, why yeah. would you say, I know you're hearing a lot about Miami, but really consider LA? Oh, man. I mean, it's going to start with humidity. Um, <laughs> you know, That's funny. And just, just living in Miami in general. I mean, Miami's a great place, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know enough about the Miami tech scene to really say much. Um, I do know that the LA tech scene is, you know, mature. We also have, you know, quite a number of VCs and, and funders and things like that, that work specifically with LA companies. And so, you know, it's, I think the, the industry here has matured enough where, you know, we have some of the, the big players, we have some of the support systems, we have some of the social systems involved too. You know, there's a lot of get togethers, a lot of that sort of scene that's, that's developed over the years. So. You know, I think it's it's just a great place. And, you know, it's it's L.A. It's a great lifestyle. It's, yeah. it's sunny every day and it's beautiful. I think the number one thing I found after doing hundreds of videos or podcast interviews for We Are LA Tech, we're a collaborative city, like as a culture, yeah. asking your, yourself or asking the community, what kind of culture do you have? It's something mm -hmm. unique where L.A. stands out and yeah. in, in how collaborative we are. Yeah. And, I, and I'd say the other part of that would be you know, just this is this is kind of one of the, if not the creative hub of the world, you know, and so mm -hmm. especially when you're doing things like the area we're in, which kind of bridges between 
production and creative and, and technology, you know, there's not really any other place I'd want to be because we have those minds. We have those people that think that way. It's, it's sort of built into everybody you meet and run into all the time. So I'm really excited to ask you this before we dive in deep on Buzzcast and everything mm -hmm. else that you do, you've been able to be successful in business and somehow not prioritize spending your personal life on social media. I must know, <laughs> like in this digital age where everyone thinks there's no other way to exist than to be on social yeah. 24 seven, what yeah. advice would you give all of us <laughs> to find the sanity you have found? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's funny. I, I think uh, some of my buddies have now created a, I saw, I guess some Instagram profile for me or, or handle that's like get Ryan an Instagram or something, which I guess they've been posting on for <laughs> quite a while. And I refuse. Yeah. I still have, I still have an old school Facebook. I hardly ever use it. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Instagram. I think we do for my company, but I'm not even sure what those are to be honest. Uh, and, and, and we probably should do more of that. But uh, yeah, for me personally, it's just a matter of kind of where I want to put my time and my thinking. And I just, I don't like, constant distractions you know when i like to get into something i like to focus and i find that stuff just kind of pulling me away from it and there's certainly things that are good about it in terms of meeting up with people or connecting with people in that regard i don't think i know anybody's birthday without facebook so that's that's a plus <laughs> there but other than that yeah i just i've just never been sort of drawn to the sort of distraction element of it for me this is a vulnerable question. Have you ever felt that not being social has held you back or have you actually felt that it's accelerated you forward? I'm hoping yeah, the I mean, answer that it's accelerated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, like no, what I mean, I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm way back, you know, I'm really prehistoric. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I'm certainly a very social person and, 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 but I just kind of like connect with people in person. So I spend a lot more time doing that, uh, I guess. And so, you know, I, I think maybe it's transitioned in the past bunch of years where, you know, more things are announced or shown or happen on like Instagram and then, you know, Facebook seems to not be where it was anymore. I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's a little thing there, but I, I don't even think about it. To be quite honest. I have, it's so cool. I have pl plenty of ways to fill my time when I'm uh, not working. It's so cool. I, I admire it. I'm excited. And I just want to like <laughs> know all the ways how, because it is awesome. So getting into Buzzcast, Sure. Share with us who is the target market for Buzzcast? Yeah. How can it solve our problems? Yeah, I mean, the, the target market has been something that was very, very specific from day one, you know, when we started the company, which was we were trying to create the professional grade solution for large scale, some of the biggest production companies in the world to work with their large enterprise clients. So essentially trying to solve my own problem with my other production company you know, the type of clients we work with. And so that was the goal. There are, you know, a range of platforms out there and more and more seem to pop up every day. A large part of them are clustered around the sort of self-service side of the market, which is kind of, you know, easier to use tools. Anybody can office can pop in and set up a little meeting with. What we're dealing with is, you know, our clients and the events we do are, you know, we did the Bill and Melinda Gates World COVID Summit last year, you know, with 75 countries and 6,000 people. We did you know, National Academy of Sports Medicine, which is 120,000 people. So we're dealing specifically in very large, very complex events. And when you're dealing with that, the cl our client is really the production company. And then their client is is the end brand. And so what we're trying to do is provide them the tool sets that have the you know security, the scalability, the stability, you know, and the sort of flexibility to, you know, change things that they need. Because if you're dealing with one of those clients, you know, you're, you're, you're basically going to be 
saying they're saying how high whenever they say jump. Uh, and so you need to be prepared for that. So we wanted to create that set of tools that we thought was missing. And you're still operating your production company in tandem to now your utility company, right? Yes, I, I stepped aside from running it two years ago. And so I've been running Buzzcast for the last year and a half, I guess now, something like that. We started March of 2020. And so, yeah, I hired somebody else in that's a, my other company is very mature and settled and, and have somebody else running that for me now. Well, I was going to ask, like, can I know this is about, you know, tech products, but can you share how your production company serves? Because everybody in L.A. may need to tap into that as well. What we do? Yeah, the, pr the production side. Yeah. yeah for yeah. anybody looking for help on that front. Yeah. So so the Buzz Lab is a, uh, a production company that spe specializes in doing things like explainer videos or customer profiles or product videos or you know, vision videos and where we're going or recruiting videos, things like that. So it, it's really sort of marketing sales communications type things for, you know, like I mentioned before, some some large tech companies like Oracle and Adobe and PricewaterhouseCooper and Deloitte, people like that. So that's what we've done. We've done those for a very, very long time. We're very good at them. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, we carved out a little niche for ourselves in that, that area a long time ago. So. And how many people are on your team at Buzzcast specifically? Yeah. Buzzcast right now, we are, God, it changes every day. Uh, but I think, I think right now we're about 23 or 24, something like that. And we'll be, you know, closer to, to 40 by the end of the year. Do you, do you enjoy operating Buzz Lab better or do you enjoy operating a tech company Buzzcast better? So a production company or a tech company? Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of, uh, you know, at the moment I'm enjoying operating a tech company again. I, I started out, you know, early in my career running a tech company and then I moved over and became a, a director and, you know, started, I did a movie and I started doing eventually what became uh, Buzz Lab as sort of side projects. And so I missed that part of it because I'm not actively directing or, or or creating in that way with the production company. But, you know, there's just such a, a fun rush, especially in something like we're dealing with, which is such a fast growth, you know, ever-changing new industry, essentially, uh, for the virtual side of things that, you know, that's very exciting and, and sort of building something from scratch and coming up. So I, I enjoy the creative side of that quite a bit. Uh, I, I much more sit on the the creativity and idea side of things. And, you know, I've, I've learned or been forced to learn enough about operations at this point to get by, but it's certainly not my, you know, my, my, my first forte. And at 25 people, you've already started to develop a company culture that really stands for something. Can you share your company culture with everyone? Yeah. So, I mean, we have this little kind of acronym we use, uh, which is called GRIT. And, and, you know, the various letters stand for different things. But essentially what it's built around is the idea of when we hire, look for people, we really want people who, especially now that so many of us are all diverged, you know, in different places and different things, you know, just looking for those people who, you know, like to make decisions on their own, like to sort of insist on something being right. That's something that is, is front and foremost for me in anything I do. I, I'm, I'm a perfectionist by nature, which probably makes me not so you know, <laughs> simple to work four times, but um, I'm just a big believer in, in quality of product and quality of what you do. And so, you know, that's, that's something that personality wise, I think is just sort of embedded in certain people to go that extra mile, check that extra box. And so that's just something. So as long as we have that for somebody, then, then we, we have a culture of kind of a lot of independence um, and a lot of just sort of, 
you handle your stuff, I'll handle my stuff. And we have some very structured uh, way we do meetings on a set, set basis that kind of brings us back together and makes us check in on what we're doing to progress. And are you from LA originally? I'm not familiar originally. I'm from, uh, I was born in Boston and I grew oh, nice. up uh, quite a bit in Vermont. So in the mountains and, and that sort of thing. But I've been in LA. LA has been my base since 94. And the, the team is based in Larchmont, right? Yeah. So we're in Larchmont uh, area. Uh, of course, you know, everybody's still working from home uh, at this point. Uh, yeah. So we've got, you know, we've got all of our production and creative and that sort of thing is all based in LA. And we've got, you know, some, some developers placed here and there um, in different places. Our CTO is in New York area, uh, that type of thing. But the, the, the base of everything's in LA. I kind of feel it's an obvious answer because you're in media, but um, what I want to ask anyway, why LA when there's so many strong tech cities? We were talking about this a little bit at the beginning, yeah. but for Buzzcast yeah. specifically, why is LA the right fit for your type of company? And as I was mentioning before, I think really for me, it's the creativity and that aspect of things because what we're doing is still production. You know, we're, we may be providing a tech backbone for production companies to use, but we're stacked with people that are early employees of the company. They're all have deep, deep production backgrounds. That was one of my requirements. I wanted to make sure we were really building something that was for producers, by producers, you know? And so that was important to me. And so this is obviously the best place to get that. And then in addition, you know, because we are in streaming and, you know, sort of really looking at how we can transform that into something much more unique than what we're seeing out here in, in even our platform, any platform at this point, I think there's going to be a lot of transition there. You know, here was a great place to get some, you know, amazing, amazing talent. And so, you know, we've just um, gotten some really amazing hires coming in. You know, we just we just got the the former VP of design of Hulu, and you nice. know, we got the, the former VP of, yeah, <laughs> the VP of marketing from uh, former VP of marketing from Audible, and before that for Crackle. Wow. And so, and so getting guys like that, you know, you know, they're all based here. This is where those big, a lot of those big streaming platforms are based, or the production companies around them. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's just a great place to be. That's extremely exciting. I wanted to yeah. ask, who is an LA Tech talent or company you've come across lately who's really impressed you? Uh, actually, you know, when we were doing uh, one of our sort of initial kind of uh, safe note, uh, friends and family or angel rounds, what have you, uh, one of the investors that came into there uh, just as a, you know, sort of small activity was a guy named Mark McDermott, uh, who does uh, Screen Cloud. Uh, which is a, a digital science company. But uh, the reason I mentioned him is because he just sort of on his own reached out to me, you know, wasn't even sure if he, if his investment was going to be, you know, able to get into the round or whatever at the time, but he just reached out to me as sort of one entrepreneur to another and, you know, jumped on and shared a bunch of, the, he was, he's a little bit you know further ahead of me in the stage of sort of, of scaling and, and where he's at. And he jumped on to just share. He's like, Hey, here's a bunch of things I messed up you know, try this. Here's a resource where in fact, we're using his sort of sales consultant, scaling resource consultant that he was using to uh, help us pave a path. And that's been great. So, you know, I think that's a good, you know, marker of, you know, we were talking about what makes LA a great place to have a company. And, you know, to me, that sort of just open, here you go. I'm not really looking to get anything out of this. Just here's one person helping another was, was really special. 
I love that you bring up Mark. We actually had him on the show and he was such a vulnerable guest and just candidly shared his story. I was so inspired by his leadership style. And so Mm. I think that's an excellent person to recommend. And what's really impressive about Buzzcast is on your homepage, you say you have zero downtime. Mm. Do you? legit have zero downtime for a streaming event i mean that's unheard of yep no we've we've never gone down yet uh you know knock on knock on wood but i'm knocking we for do, you we, too. We, do, we, do, <laughs> we do a lot of things so we don't have to knock on wood so yeah i mean this is one of the differences right because when we're building a you know a sort of professional grade platform i mean we're dealing with events that you know just just can't have that happen and so a lot of the other platforms are just, yeah, maybe you're plugging in like a Vimeo live stream or you're plugging in a single thing and those things get messed up. So in our case, we are going through great lengths to have redundancies and backups and we have people monitoring the thing. So this is just a kind of a higher caliber of production. And and what that really means, I think the definition of higher caliber of production is being ready for things to go wrong and having plan Bs and that sort of thing. And we're also built from the ground up on on all the latest AWS serverless tech. So you know, that helps with a lot of things in terms of scalability and, and those type of problems that you can run into. You know, we can't ever prevent somebody's home, you know, Zoom or what you know, camera that they're calling in from or their internet right. going down, that sort of thing. But in that case, you got to be prepared to have somebody ready to switch over to or somebody to take over. And, you, and that's how you handle those things. So, you know, the, the platform itself has never, never gone down. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it that way. <laughs> Hundred percent, and I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into your background because your backgrounds are a little bit interesting. So, before the Buzz Lab and Buzzcast, what were you up to before then? What led to all of this? Oh, yeah, I've got a little bit of a little strange background, I guess, in some ways. I actually started out, you know, in in private equity, sort of straight out of college, and specifically because. I had written some papers on, of all things, you know, manufacturing efficiency, which was kind of a, a thing I did while in school. And uh, so I started working in private equity in Boston for a few years. And that was kind of during the, the dot-com boom. And I moved to LA. Um, I was funny. I was over in Santa Monica recently. And I walked by on like Wilshire and Second. There's this building that's like a, you can rent temporary office space. And I remember driving my U-Haul cross-country into LA going to park it and and just crushing right into the top of the building no. on my first entry and then breaking part of the top of the building. So, no way. And then I and I, I slept on the couch in the office there for, for a while and built uh, my first tech company, which was something called Gorilla Guide, which was one of the first like, sort of online travel guidebooks for backpackers and one of the reservation systems for backpacking. I mean, it's, it's a company that ended up going down because uh, around 9-11 when everybody it just sort of travel stopped and, and that we weren't taking money anymore. And so it put us in a, a tough spot. But it's it's one of those things I spent many years building. And actually, even I think it was like two years ago, three years ago, in the same year, I got two different two different VCs that approached me and asked me if I could like recreate that again because um, wow. it hadn't really been done. And so so I did that. And then I switched up completely after that that experience and went back to USC film school, get my master's in directing and uh, went and lived in Columbia, Bogota, Columbia for a couple of years and directed a feature film that I took around the, you know, the whole circuit for um, film stuff. And then after that, I started getting asked a bunch of my buddies from my previous experience in tech 
that were still doing tech now saw that I was a director and, and Frank Adante, who founded the Rubicon project that I mentioned before, you know, he had come to my premiere of my movie and was like, oh, great. Now, hey, Ryan, can you make this little video for my company? And that's the one we made about uh, the tech scene in L.A. And uh, and so that just sort of then that sort of just grew into what became the Buzz Lab. And and that's kind of the, the path. That's so cool. I You probably don't know this, that I've backpacked over 100 countries. Backpacking is a oh, huge wow. part of my life. So nice. that, that's really exciting. If you had one ask of the LA tech community, something that we could do to support and accelerate you, what would that ask be? It's a good question. I, I guess there has become a good amount of sort of some level of socialization starting to go on. Obviously, that's fallen apart largely um, in the past year. So I'd love to see more of that and more, I think, a little bit more hand in the incubation side of things happening mm. here. I think, other, I think other cities are a little bit stronger in that side of things. I'd love to see more of that because I think this is such a place that has so many great ideas and there's so much creativity here that I'd love to see the community at large sort of harness and, and develop that a little bit better. Can you share a little bit more detail? I think that's really interesting, more detail on incubation, what that means to you when you say it, because we do have so many incubators and accelerators, but I think the way you mean it, I'm wondering if you mean more like entrepreneurs and residents at the different companies or how, how do you mean? I think sometimes, you know, incubation is just preserved for some of the, the actual incubators who are just doing, you know, from the very initial idea, start and take people through, which, which is, that's very neat as well. And I think we need more of that as well. But I do think that, you know, it doesn't stop there. There's a lot more that goes on. Like even now, like we're, you know, we're well into revenue and that sort of thing. And, and I'd love to see more exchange of ideas or, or, or senior people kind of helping uh, others to progress through, uh, through, through the process. I love that. I mean, it's what we are. LA Tech is all about elevating one another. So I love that answer really like <laughs> marries my heart. What hike do you recommend we all go on? Oh, I, I like over in Temescal, you know, like Temescal, I think it's called Gateway Park, that area, uh, which is over on kind of the West side. Um, it's just beautiful up in there. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of hikes up through that area that are really, really nice. And you just, sometimes you can get on ones there that, you just ended up going around and you hardly even see anybody. So it's very different than some of the ones in like central LA where there's like a scene going on and people totally. have, you know, there's a billion people walking in, in super cute outfits and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's just a little bit more nature like, which I like. And how about a restaurant that you recommend we all check out? Uh, so I'm over in, I'm right now over in Silver Lake, Los Feliz, which is where I live, which I, I love. There's a lot of like great restaurants here. And uh, there's actually, strangely i'm not vegan at all but there's a vegan restaurant called flore which i've always loved I, I think in part because when i first was sort of trying like vegan or vegetarian food i was like yeah i don't know if i really really want that and then it's their stuff is just amazing and delicious and it's just a small little joint that i love going to so definitely check nice. that out i have to check it out and what would you say is the best advice you've gotten throughout your career that's really stuck with you probably easy just the the old adage of hiring people smarter than you you know, the more I've done and, and more companies I've built and, and that sort of thing along the way, and there's been a couple others in between what I told you before. But, you know, the thing I always find is you can only take a company so far. I mean, I am a by nature just a as I think almost every entrepreneur is we don't all have a very, very hard work ethic and we all know the right way to do things. or think we do, you know, whatever, wherever that is. But the big thing and how you 
create and grow a company is is really the, the transition out of that stage. It's the stage when you get to where, hey, you can't make every decision. You can't do everything. Everybody's not going to read your mind and do it exactly like you want it to be done, right? And so that's the point. To me, the fun part is when you start going, oh, wow, he can think about that. And I cannot have to think about that every day or make the decisions right. on it. And, and you get excited about these these people who are just real experts in their territory. And we're doing some of that hiring that I mentioned before. And so I'm very excited for you know, some of these guys to come in and sit in a room with them and just seeing all their experience and knowledge is just that that's that's the fun part for me. And people who would like to work with Buzzcast, where do they reach out? How can they find out more about Buzzcast and where can they apply? Yep. Yeah. So uh, the email would be hello at buzzcast.com, uh, B-U-Z-Z-C-A-S-T. And uh, th- we're actually about to put up a, uh, a job posting page uh, next week as well. We're hiring actively for a bunch of positions. So yeah, reach out there and uh, yeah, we'd love to anybody who, who's interested in this space or you know, we're looking for developers, we're looking for production people sort of across the gamut. And how can people connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn? What's best? Yeah, LinkedIn would probably be the best way for me since <laughs> I'm so, so not so off social. social. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is just uh, Rye Byrne, I believe is the, is the, uh, the ending handle on LinkedIn. So R-Y-B-Y-R-N-E. Uh, cool. for you know, whatever linkedin.com slash that. So <laughs> we'll include it in the show notes too. <laughs> Last question is if someone's landing in LA right now for the tech space and they're trying to get integrated, trying to understand where to go, what to do, what would be the resources you'd recommend they look for? What would you recommend that they do first? Any suggestions for that person just landing in LA? Well, you know, for me, I think, I think this is true of any place I go and you know, it, it may not be a specific LA resource, but I'm just a big fan, no matter what, of when you're going someplace or when you're going, whether it's a, an area like coming to LA or it's a new space or a new idea you're going into. I'm just a big, big fan of sort of reaching out to uh, a lot of people I know already and just asking them for recommendations and asking them who they should talk to. I mean, it's a, it's amazing how fast that sort of networking and hey, do you have any ideas for me? Can, can transform into something real, right? And so that's sort of how I, I approach a lot of things is just ask and ask and ask and ask and ask until something gets connected. Totally. <laughs> Which maybe maybe that's just because I don't have social media. <laughs> and I have to do it. And I have to do it the old fashioned way. But you know, fun fact, I backpacked for four months without a computer or phone and loved it. So yeah, yep. I'm all about being as disconnected as I'm interested in being connected online. Ryan, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech Absolutely. podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? I mean, exciting thing, some news we just got this week uh, was that we won uh, two gold CV awards, one for uh, best tech startup of the year and the other nice. for that. Yeah, uh, it's very exciting. And the other for best uh, virtual event of the year in the education uh, section. So Dude, that's huge. That was just, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, uh, you know, surprising, you, you know, you put these things in and who knows what happens. But yeah, it was just more than anything is really exciting to be able to share that with the team. And, you know, anybody who's done a startup knows how head down and how hard you have to go, especially during a whole pandemic uh, where everybody's just at home and has no outlets you know, to build something like this. And so that was really, really cool to be able to share that with the team and just see how happy they were to kind of get some recognition for their work. 
Totally. And I, I actually have a curious question is, did your company accelerate because of the pandemic? I know the pandemic no. has caused a lot of things, but in the virtual space, it seems like it's helped a lot of companies. Was that the same for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like driving force of the virtual space. I mean, it's just the virtual space existed before, but now everybody was sort of forced to use it, a force to kind of to to not have their events in person and do them online. And that just caused the entire industry to a get a lot of investment, be able to sort of spin up and really develop the technologies to the point where now they are legitimate. They can be used even when we're back in person. And so that was very helpful on that side. And, you know, quite frankly, I also found it very helpful to just I felt like we were doing two years of work or three years of work in one year because everybody's just at home. What else are you going to do? So totally nice, nice, nice way to distract yourself. I think it would be really helpful to share what makes a virtual event extraordinary? Because I think a lot of people understand how to make an in-person event extraordinary, or at least more so than virtual. But I find that a lot of virtual experiences are still not living up to the value that they promise. So what do yeah. you recommend virtual event producers do to make sure they have a memorable event? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the broader answer is you're right. I, I don't think any of us are are there yet, right? This is this is a lot of technology to develop in a very short period of time. So there's a lot of sort of building blocks and basics you got to put together first to have a main session, to have breakout sessions, to have you know interactivity and things like that. And so I think that there, there's a lot of table stakes that that's occurred at this point that have to be there, and you got to have that stuff to start. I think what's this next year or two is where it's going to get really interesting as we start to see new ideas develop of what are really going to make it more engaging or really make it valuable or where does it sit and what's it best used for? That's answer one. On the practical side in the short term, the biggest thing by far is very true in even in in-person events as well. A lot of it's the content, right? And so what's happened here is a lot of people are doing these kind of little virtual events where they're like, okay, great. I'm just going to turn on my camera on my computer and sit at home and, you know, have some, some weird background like yeah. this and, you know what I mean? And, and, and just, just be a talking head, right. And not do anything really exciting. And so, you know, the best events we've done have been ones where we've actually gotten to do some, some real production work where, you know, we're doing these interesting backgrounds or where it's something's actually being shot properly. The same things that make it more exciting to, see good production value in a movie or TV is the same thing that needs to happen when you're watching a virtual event. And unfortunately, a lot of these virtual events have essentially become glorified Zoom calls. And <sighs> that's just not going to keep no. anything exciting, right? And so <laughs> people need to be mixing in content. I mean, that's that's been one thing that's been very surprising to me. So having produced content for a lot of you know the biggest tech companies in the world for their events, a lot of stuff we do is for events because it's when they do product releases, it's when they review, you know, customer success stories when they do announcements that we are doing a video for. And what surprised me is in the past year, for the most part, the, the virtual events have just been speaker, 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 maybe a discussion group. Whereas in the in-person live events, they're very often mixing in. Hey, now we're going to cut to this exciting video that we produced and we put money into to introduce our product or explain something. For whatever reason, Everybody sort of mentally decided, oh, we're not going to do that. And I think that's a mistake. I think not just because I have a company that makes that stuff, but because you need to have valuable content. You need to have stuff that's been well-produced and thought through and presents things. And I think that's that's one area that we we, we need to not forget about. 100%. I actually think it's also because uh, people's technical limitations where they don't know how 
to display something. Uh, right. They don't know how to have the extra screen. So all the more reason to work with a partner that really like understands how to handle all that for you. So you don't have to be worrying yeah. about the tech. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that happened was some of these you know, sort of self-serve platforms were spun up and then they, they kind of came to the end client, the, the brand, even, even large enterprise said, Hey, look, you can do it yourself. And people say, Oh, great. But the reality is, they don't really want to do it themselves. And, and yeah. it's still a big production. Like virtual events aren't a lot easier in terms of production. You still have to do all the things you have to do for an in-person event for the large part, maybe not catering and, and these sorts of things, but there's still with speakers and content and what you're doing and programming, it, it's still the same amount of work. And so you know, I think what a lot of companies discovered is, oh, wait, no, we want to still work with professional production companies. We want to still have a, uh, that's why we've tried to create a platform that fits into that side of things. Totally. Ryan, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Ryan Byrne, CEO of Buzzcast, a virtual event platform built by producers for producers. We're based in Larchmont in sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.